is that actually found in scripture? If so, you know, where, what does it say? And if not, what does it, the Bible say about God? Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Chad Hawk with Matt Dowd, and we are Renegade Atlas, charting a new path for your life. So today on our discussion, we're going to be entering into a whole um, vulnerable realm, if we will. Right, mm-hmm. Matt? Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking yeah. about those things in our life that we hold to be true, but we may not have ever thought about if they are true. Right. Right. Yeah. The things we sort of take um to be for granted to be true and just they sound right you know right on the surface but we i think they have the potential of creating um a a cognitive dissonance i guess would be the term where we think something in our head but our heart rejects it or has a issue with it doesn't actually believe it it doesn't govern our lives right you know and so then we have this um, yeah, it creates a problem. It creates a void a or contradi- a, a gap. A yeah. gap and I think at times a contradiction. Definitely. Yeah. And the greater the contradiction, the often the greater level of destruction that will come from that. And right. so I think what we're going to do today is hit some of these ideas head on. Now, this is going to be a two-part episode. Today, we're going to discuss these common ones and then the right. next episode, we're actually going to say go into what Scripture says about it. Right. And we probably won't be able to cover everything, but we're going to hit some of the main ones that we're familiar with in our life. Yep. So, Matt, you wanted to, you have one you wanted yeah. to kick off with. The one that kind of spurred this whole idea for me was the phrase, God is in control. Okay? And you hear that and see that all the time all over Christian culture. Christian culture, right? Let's call it that. And um, it sounds right. Right. I mean, that sounds like the truth and it, it very possibly is depending on what we mean when we say that. Right. I think that's one, the first big question. It's like, what are we actually saying when we say that? Because what we're meaning, you know, makes a big difference on whether it's really true or not. And how we live it out. If you say that, do you live that out or are you in contradiction with mm-hmm. what you're saying? You know, oh, um, right. so okay. yeah. do you believe God is in control? Then why aren't you living your life out that way? If you don't believe God is in control, then why are you saying it? Sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I also think of it like if it, as an easy way for, well, okay. So there's kind of two sides. There's the believer, right? The person who professes to know God, follow God, and worship God. And it's like, if we say God is in control, but we don't actually believe it, or we experience things like, you know, disease and like what we're going through right now with the whole coronavirus thing and any of those, any of these ways that the world seems to be out of order. Yeah. Or financial calamity, loss of job, whatever it is. All this, all the disruptive, right. Difficult things. You could even turn it around and say the positive things. God is in control. He's only just blessing me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I'm, yeah. Sure. Because it can work both ways. No, totally. Um, but I guess for the, so for the believer, I'm thinking like we say that, but then when we actually experience it, we're not really, we don't really feel free to say, well, I don't really believe that right now. Like it doesn't really seem like God's in control, but I'm pro- professing Christian or whatever. So I need to show up on the surface as continuing to believe that, right? Or t- continuing to 
to um, profess that, okay, out okay. loud. So you have the, the believer side. It can create difficulty because we feel like we need to support that view, but we, we don't always experience it or we don't always feel like it's really working out. Then you have the non-believer or just the skeptic or whoever who can easily use that, this particular thing, God is in control, as a, a way to prove why they're skeptical. Like if God is in control, then why is there all this bad what, crap happening? Yeah. You know, you know what, if what, type, good, what type of evil God would yeah, do this to us? Right. Would allow, if he's really in control, why do we have disease and death and all this struggle? You know, so it's a really easy argument to make. So I think on both sides, it becomes problematic. It does. Or in either case, right? Well, until there's resolution. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, you yeah, have and to that's, work And that's kind of where we want to get to right. for all these things. Can we find resolution? And I think mm-hmm. the the right thing, and I think the, the godly thing to do, the thing that God cho- would want us to do is do we conform our thoughts and ideas to his image? Right. Yeah, or are we, or are we conforming him into our image? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is one place we get into trouble. Okay, so that's one big one, which I, I think we're going to really focus on that maybe throughout this and definitely next time, you know, come back and talk about, like, is that actually found in Scripture? If so, you know, where, what does it say? And if not, what does it, the Bible say about God and his control or the way he acts in the world, right? So that's one big one. What would be another question or... Well, the healing one is is easy to uh, talk about. I think, um, I think we can talk about possessions. Okay. Okay. Um, you hear Christians will often say first, I guess let's talk about the possessions ones and we'll talk about healing. Okay. Those are two totally different ones, okay. but people will say everything I have is God's, but they don't live that uh, way. Okay. Yeah. They don't act out that they don't, they don't, um, Hmm. You know, think of the rich young ruler, right? You know, what do I have to do, yeah. Lord, to follow you? Well, give up everything and come follow me. <laughs> and he <laughs> right. was like, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. Check you later, dude. And yeah. that was an, an, an area where he was actually, that rich young ruler was congruent with his own belief system. I'm not saying it was the right one, but he was totally congruent on it. Because yes. those things were more important to him right. than following Jesus. Yeah. And so he made the appropriate choice for where his That's heart exactly was. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Like, at least he didn't lie about it and say he believed one thing and live a totally different way. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Didn't get him anywhere, ultimately, because <laughs> right. he still, like, walked right. away from God. He, he walked away. But, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if he had been willing to examine his life, you know, why do I value these things more mm-hmm. than what Jesus said? And he didn't go through that life examination time. Yeah. Not right. Yeah, not right then. Anyway, right. In the and story. we have no idea sure. what happens. But it is interesting, though, that point, because you know what it does? Like, the falseness when we say, oh, yeah, you know, I believe that. And then we don't live like it. That's more problematic. You know, I was thinking of Revelation where God's like, I wish that you were either hot or cold. cold. But when you're lukewarm and just BSing me, basically, in the middle, like that's wretched, right? And the reason it's wretched is because it actually prevents you from making any real progress. So that rich young ruler guy could have gone away and lived his life, you know, with wealth and and eventually realized how empty it was still and actually come to the end of himself and 
confessed or, you know, like laid it down, surrendered and realized that what Jesus was saying was right and found real life that way. But as long as we keep ourselves in this, this, you know, um, illusionary reality where we say one thing, but do another, we prevent ourselves from actually moving forward and we just stay stuck. Exactly. That's the worst. That's the worst. Yeah. You know? And as I said earlier, um, the healing one is such a big one because, um, yeah, Christians have a, I think a big contradiction right here. Um, and we covered this a bit and created to be healthy and I don't want to beat it too much, but it's, it's a simple example I can give you from today in my practice. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lady came in and I said, do you believe you can heal? And her response was, well, yeah, once everything gets working right again. Mm. And I thought, no, that's not healing. I mean, that's that's natural physiologic healing that occurs to anybody who addresses it properly. Okay. That's going to happen. That's his innate um, design of our bodies. Mm-hmm. That is not supernatural. And I asked her, what I was asking her, do you believe that God can heal you right now and deliver you from this? And the answer was dismissive. Like, that's yeah. a foreign idea. Why would he bother doing that when yeah. I'm in control and I've got things worked out? It's going to, you know, I'm going to work through this system. And that is not the level of faith. That is not depending on the Lord's power. Right. Right. And that's another area. Oh, I'll pray for you <laughs> to get better. Mm. Yeah. Totally Which a, a platitude. I, I, can be. <laughs> I, you know, we've all said it. Yeah, for sure. But do you, why, when you're praying, do you really believe they're going to get up from that bed and walk away, roll up the mat and walk away? Do you actually even pray? Oh, I, or do you just I say I do, but no, I know. But like when I'm just saying like general, you know, oh, on the yeah. meta level right here, right? Yeah. We generally say, oh, I'll pray for you. And then like how many, what percentage of the time do we actually turn around and go do it? I don't know. I mean, I would say just it's low, <laughs> right? I, I, yeah, I, for I don't my, know. For myself, just partly because we forget about it. Because it's one of those things. It's just like a, it's a cliche. It's a saying. It's almost yeah. like saying, hey, how's it going? Good. All right, sweet. See All you later. Right. You know? I'll pray for you. Like, I didn't yeah. really care how you were doing. <laughs> it's yeah. just saying hi, basically, and, you know, moving along. Hmm. So we have a couple of examples there. Well, yeah, and kind of tied to the rich young ruler one was the, the thought like, um, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness and all these things will be added like provision, you know, food, clothing, shelter, all that type of stuff that like Jesus says directly in Matthew six, do we really believe that? Do we really believe that I could not show up for work if God called me to do something and I went and started doing it wholeheartedly, you know? Right. And then, but I had to stop other things that I had been doing you know, for to earn money or whatever, would he actually take care of me and my family? Would he provide what we needed? I've seen people, specifically missionaries, live that out in their life. Right. Because I think the heart of those missionaries who literally trade away all sources of security and they go and they make they take a step that most of us would never do. Why would we when we're so comfortable in our job? Right. 
in our home, right? in our safe place. And I believe firmly that God can call you to that job, that home, that safe space. Yeah, totally. I'm not questioning that at all. Right. But are you willing? Just using it as an, an example, yeah. like a kind of a classic common example. Yeah. Are you willing? Right. And yeah, like where is it, what is our trust ultimately in? Is it in the dollars that we earn or is it in God that he will do what he said he would do in my life? <laughs> yeah, I've seen, you know, missionaries. I've read the books. I've seen all the, you know, the people who do it and it's amazing, you know, but I don't really think it'll apply to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's one. What else? Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, what are some of the, the how, or how about this? Um, I, uh, the Bible says that I believe it, that settles it. Okay. Okay. Have you seen those bumper stickers or those things? Yeah. You know, um, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Hmm. I remember, um, when I was at UVA, University of Virginia, and, uh, we shared a driveway, uh, older neighborhood and, um, we shared a driveway with a, a people who had that on their car and you know in every way i mean i just had moved there from working at a christian conference center you know i was you know i was in every way a christian and we could never see eye to eye because they were very much of the fundamentalist yeah idea and yeah. um you know they looked at me like i was an apostate mm-hmm. for the Mm-hmm. For the simple fact that I wore shorts, you know, <laughs> yeah. seriously, yeah, that's just how it was. And I was right. trying to, you know, I kept trying to find in scripture where I couldn't wear shorts, right? Um, but I, I yeah. never did come across that. But boy, mm-hmm. I was sure looked down on, especially when I mowed the yard. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because, um, I guess that all that type of view really depends on who's interpreting what the Bible says. Like whose interpretation is it? Is it God's interpretation or is it your own interpretation? You know? Right. And is it done with the counterbalance of anything else, namely other believers, you know, or other, other people who don't just necessarily hold the exact same view and you know, what God might reveal to you directly. Like that whole kind of a three legged stool of um, the word of God the word of God, the spirit of God and people of God. So anyway, it can just get real dogmatic really fast when it's like just the Bible by itself and our interpretation. It's there's these, I think we're hitting right up against the barrier here of uh, understanding the Lord through relationship and commitment to his to being in that relationship with him in our thoughts, in our actions, in word, in deed, versus just labeling ourselves as something yeah, and wearing yeah. that patch on our shoulder or our chest and then moving on with our life. Right. Okay, here's a good example of that. I was talking to a guy the other night who was saying, I, re- I feel like I need to spend more time with God. And I've been spending too much time just kind of like watching Netflix and watching TV and wasting time. And I'm like, well, where does it say that when you're watching TV that you're not spending time with God? He is like, oh, you know, because 
think about that. We believe that <laughs> spending time with God is like an activity. We can tend to believe that, and it's compartmentalized, sure. right? And that somehow he then disappears when we go do other things, like go to work or do entertainment stuff or whatever. When we're called to live every moment of our day and night with him. Right. So he never... Well, the should... real the reality that's unavoidable is that he's there all the time. Uh, right. He, we can't escape. You know, we, like, right. we can't cl- lock the door. Well, in, in a sense... We can ignore the Lord. We can, yeah. We can. We can turn our back. You know, you can be. You and I could be in the same room, and I can completely ignore you for sure. This was, yeah. There's that kind of case where we're turning our back and like willingly, willfully doing our own thing. But I think this was more the case like he was feeling guilty about not spending enough time with God and just not being cognizant of the fact that Jesus is always right there. It, the question is, are we going to re- recognize and acknowledge him, right? And can he work in my life when I'm at work or watching TV or doing riding my bike? Or do I have to be like sat down, focused with my Bible open and my hands folded and praying? Is that the only time? That kind of thing. Yeah. We get misled or like we think about it wrong. We just kind of believe that we need to, we do need to do that. And I'm not sitting here saying that we shouldn't. <laughs> set aside time just to be with God. Like we definitely should do that. That's, it's one of the most helpful things we can do, you know, and we're focused like you and I right now, we're sitting here having conversation with each other. And if I was just not paying attention to you, you know, or disregarding what you said, or just pretending that you weren't here. I'm sorry, uh, what'd you say? Yeah, (laughs) I would probably detract from our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we definitely should do that, but also... Like, be aware of how we're, God's with us all the time. Think of the hymn, you know, and he walks with me and he talks with me. Right. And it's like, that's the the being present. Um, so Kate and I have been married 25 years now. And we can go out and sometimes we'll just go on a drive on a Saturday. And we may go an hour without saying anything, yeah. but we're yeah. madly in love with each other right. without even communicating verbally. Right. And I think that's the way God is with us. Totally. There's also, yeah. And there's also, you're here in your office right now and she's not even with you, but do you feel like you're completely detached from her and she's not even relevant? You know what I mean? She's, her presence is with you. Her, like her picture's right here on your desk. She's staring right at you. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like you still have that connection and there might even be some level of communication that occurs between the two of you when you're not in the same room, you know, and I'm not just talking about text messages, but like, no, I, you know, spiritually. And so, yeah, it's really true. Like it's the awareness. And so again, it's just, are we, are we consciously aware of what's really going on? Yeah. And one of the times when I really do, and I'm, this is not a joke. I'm very serious on this. I feel close to the Lord is when I'm enjoying a cup of coffee. Yeah. And as everybody who's listened to the show in the past knows, <laughs> Renegade right. Atlas is sponsored by Shenandoah Joe. When you order your coffee from them, which we encourage you to do, mm-hmm. make sure you use the promo code Renegade. That's right. And order some Renegade Roast. It's Matt and I's favorite blend by far and away. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. And just use it because a portion of every pound of coffee that's sold allows us to continue doing what we're doing 
and you can go to shenandoahjoe.com and order there. Go through Renegade Atlas, the renegadeatlas.com and order there. Yep. But I'm serious about that. Yeah. When I sit down and have a cup of coffee, it's like my my life just kind of chills out yeah. and I get more contemplative and I think about things and I feel the nearness of God drawing near. And I don't know why having a cup of coffee or having a cup of tea does that for me. Yep. And yep. That's... For me, it's uh, standing on the driving range hitting golf balls. There you go. You know, yeah, I yeah, totally. I've been watching that um, show, The Chosen, that's on on an app. Have you seen that? Or I heard about it. No. Yeah, it's awesome. I'll just plug it for free here. It's these. Um, it's like a Netflix. It would be like a Netflix series, okay. right? It's a, it's got the goal is to have multiple seasons, and multiple you know multiple episodes per season. Um, all about the life of Jesus, you know, and oh. basically retelling the gospels. Okay. The like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in, you know, live action TV, basically. And it but what they're doing it a different way. They're doing it by crowdsourcing the funding. So oh, wow. they're producing it like as they can. And the people who w- watch the show are encouraged to give, you know, and keep it going. Um but it's really well done. And they've got, I don't know, the first season is done. I think they're working on the second season and I'm partway through it. It's really well done. Like, Wow, it's I haven't solid. heard of it. Yeah, and you just go to the App Store, Apple or Google yeah. Play, and just go search The Chosen, and you download the app, and you can watch it right on your device, or you can obviously you can cast it to your TV, TV or whatever. Um, but it's like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime quality programming. It's, you know... Okay, I'm going there PG. right now. I just found it. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to find. I found it. Get. Okay, I'm yeah. getting the chosen. Get it, watch it, share it. It's really it's really good. Like I found that it's really good, but it's interesting because you get a kind of a glimpse that what they're doing um really well, I think, is that they're not just sort of putting the what you can read in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John in the actors' mouths and kind of um you know, having them rehearse it or act it out they're going in and creating the backstory for the characters so like they're really focused on peter and they're talking about his life like you see his life and the struggles he's having in his fishing business and the taxes that he owes to rome and he's got a a woman in his life i don't know if his wife or whatever but like they're together and they have a relationship and um all this stuff so you're getting this and mary magdalene too like you see they're they're building her character and Nicodemus, he's the pr- primary Pharisee character. Okay. And there, so there's, and Jesus, they've just barely introduced, like you're kind of getting a glimpse into Jesus' life before he goes public with his ministry. But it's very much like any of these other shows that are really good where it's all about the characters. See, I think and that's... depth to it. You know, that, this, this, what you're talking about right now applies to these platitudes we've talked right. about. Right, yeah. Because what we have to realize about every character in, scripture is they bled they're real like people us. they had calluses on their right. hands right. they bumped their heads they 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 made major screw-ups and errors and yeah they were no different than you and i'm at right exactly they right. hurt they had bad days they had headaches they had digestive issues <laughs> totally. you know they yeah. got mad they didn't have nights where they would be sleepless yeah and all that's in this show actually pretty much and yeah, it's super, it's really true. It's also, you know, I've always thought, you know, you can read a Bible story in like five minutes and you're supposed to understand it, process it and get the lesson and apply it. But these things took 
days, weeks, months, or sometimes years, years. or decades to play yes. out. And we, you know, and we condense it down into our little 30 minute Sunday school lesson and expect, you know, that we're just supposed to be able to learn the lesson. And we don't give any thought to the fact that this was occurred in real life. Well, here, here's people. one that I think we should discuss. Um, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Mm. Okay. This, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a major platitude. Yeah. That people hold to be true, but do they live their life that way? Well, that's, that's incredible. That's in the show, actually. Jesus, there's this one episode where he's hanging out with these kids who kind of find where he lives and, you know, these little children, and he's teaching them some of the lessons and he has them recite the Shema. Okay. You know, you will love, hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, soul mind, mind, and strength. Yeah. So, but th- that leads me to the question, okay, and then Jesus says later, the greatest commandment is, you know, love God, then love your neighbor as yourself. It's all based in love. But how is it that we love God? Like, what does the Bible say about why do we love God? Because he first loved us. Right. So have we actually received his love in a real meaningful way. Jesus loves me, this I know, blah, 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 right? Like we learned from when we were kids, have you actually experienced that? Yeah. You know, like how can you be expected to overflow with his love for yourself and other people if you haven't actually been filled up by it yourself? Exactly. But we are every day expected to do that or we feel like we're expected to do it. Exactly. And I think that... um that goes back to what we said earlier in this show was in referencing Joseph's is the power of God, the power and the right. passionate commitment and overwhelming authority in which he loves us. Yeah. It's unlike anything. Yeah. It's, it's greater than any wave. If you've ever stood in the ocean, I remember the very first time I went to the ocean, I was um, in my twenties and the first wow. time, yeah. Well, I grew up in Kansas. Come okay. on. Yeah. You know? In the 1800s? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not Go, that much continue, older than continue. you. And, and the, the, the feeling of that wave when it hit me was unlike anything I'd ever experienced as far as power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it, it hits you and, and there's nothing you can do to stand oh, against it. Totally. Right. Nothing. And that's just a, like a a scratch on the surface of God's actual power. Right. Yeah. Right. And so when we say yeah. his wave overwhelms us, mm-hmm. it's it we should drown in his love. I mean, release ourselves yeah. so that we are completely immersed in it. And yeah. and all we do is we breathe just enough to get by, maybe. Yeah. That's right. We, we kind of limit ourselves. We do. You know, we cut ourselves off. That's the whole thing with sin is cutting ourselves off from God, like separating. We turn and go away. He doesn't cut himself off from us. He pursues us. We just had Easter. You know, this is the week just following Easter. And that's what it's all about, that he demonstrated his love for us in, in the, his life and death. Yes. You know? Yes. His life was lived so he could die and overcome death for us. It's amazing. Yeah. He like went inside it so he could blow it up from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's but you have to experience it for yourself and you have to be open to experiencing it in order to do it, right? Like we can talk about it and believe, quote unquote, believe it. I'd say like small b believe, you know, yeah. where I think I understand this intellectually and I agree with it in my mind. That's believing the way we use the word a lot, Right. I think, you know what I mean? But believe like... I don't believe I can live underwater without drowning. So I choose to live on land. That's a belief that guides my life. You know, sure. you know what I mean? So what we need is for all of the beliefs that we profess to actually be beliefs we really believe and live by. Right. To it, act as if they're really true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Not just some cursory idea that's the, oh, you know, the, again, we'll go back to the word. A platitude that we've accepted to be true, but we right. actually don't believe it is. Right. Yep. And so. the tricky thing is, I know we're about to wrap this up and we're going to get into this next time. The tricky thing is that we're not always consciously aware of our true beliefs. A lot of them sit below the surface and we can, we have ourselves convinced or we haven't even thought to investigate it. You know what I mean? It's just like I breathe air. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even think about it. It's just there. It's just true. I just understand it and, well, you know, go on with my life. So the thing is um, to, to actually get intentional about it, to take the posture of, you know, Psalm 139, search me and know me and reveal any false way in me. Reveal any of the things I believe that don't align with what's actually true, you know, and that's leading me astray. And that's exactly what happens through pain and trials. That's it true. It also happens in joy. Right. It's both. It's not just one and not the other. Mm. The problem is we try and avoid pain and trials. And by doing avoiding yeah. them, right. um, sometimes we just delay the change. And then we also do not live in joy and gratitude. We avoid joy and gratitude. Huh. And... It's a silly thing we do both ways. We'll avoid the pain and we'll avoid the joy when sometimes the solution comes through the pain. The trial produces yeah. the gold. Oh, yeah. the, the heating of the furnace allows all the, the junk to be removed, the impurities to be taken out. And right. I, want, I, I want, I no longer try and avoid the pain as much as I used to. I still do it, of yeah. course. Sure, yeah. But boy, I don't like those impurities as much as I used to. I right. used to... Right. think those impurities gave me character. <laughs> and yeah, right. Like keeping them. There's some value to keep them. Yeah. Yeah. There's value in learning from them though. Yeah. That takes me back to what Jamie was talking about in our last episode, or was it two episodes ago, but about, um, you know, fear and what was the other thing, but fear being an indicator, you know, being a teacher, not, not what we stay under and we don't stay governed by it, but we allow it to teach us yeah. what's really going on right. to cause us to investigate yeah, like what we're talking about right now yeah. to dig in and, and learn what's really true, receive that truth and let it guide us. Absolutely. Well, um, what we'd love for you to do is email us some platitudes that perhaps you're aware of, or mm. you see lived out in Christians lives. Maybe you're not a believer 
and you see, you yeah. hear, you've heard these things, or perhaps you right. were raised in a Christian home, and you were you just got sick and tired of hearing these things because you yep. didn't see it lived out. Yep. Email us those. Totally. We'd like to know. Guide at therenegadeatlas.com yep. or post it to Facebook. We're, we're not going to shy away from these things. We don't want to shy away. No, exactly. I mean, I've been there myself. You know, that's a big part of my story personally is those things that the inconsistencies that I started to see in the church, in Christianity, and really ultimately it was in myself, you know, (laughs) but I created this whole argument as to why in my mind, you know, as to why it was all BS basically. And yeah, so it's important to address that stuff. And and that is truly the problem with religion. Right. Yeah. Which we just, opened another Pandora's <laughs> right. box with that. Right. And, but we're going to end we're it gonna... here. Um, don't forget to order some coffee from Renegade Atlas. Um, from Shenandoah Joe. From Shenandoah Joe yep. via Renegade Atlas by using the promo code Renegade. Uh, if you're listening, um, do yourself a favor and support us uh, by ordering a pound or 10. And right. uh, that keeps the show going uh, on the air. And uh, Matt and I sure do appreciate um, you sharing this with others. Check us out on Facebook as well, Renegade Atlas. Find us there. And it really means a lot if you share that with others. Okay? Perfect. Beautiful, everybody. Bye-bye.